So you love coffee, and you probably love San Diego. If you're also into politics, then there's another podcast show you should check out. It's called Voice of San Diego, a weekly news podcast for local politics nerds. Every Friday, the editors at Voice of San Diego break down the biggest stuff that happened that week and then give their take on what it all means. You can check it out now wherever you're listening to this show. Again, it's Voice of San Diego, the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Roast West Coast podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and I am kicking off season two early. I had an extra mug of coffee this morning, and I just couldn't wait. Really, I had planned on adding my conversation with today's guest, Alden Hosuri, to a show a few weeks from now. But I was just, I just wanted to get this season going. So you all get to listen to this interview a little early. Alden did something really cool during the pandemic. He somehow opened a new coffee shop called Cafe La Terre in Solana Beach, California. In fact, they just opened, and I wanted to talk to him while he was still feeling the effects of working through the long, long process that it takes to build and get a cafe approved, and then to actually open the doors and see those first customers. It's always an emotional roller coaster to open a new hospitality business, throw in this year-long and counting pandemic, And I've got to imagine the strings on his emotional harp were really getting tugged on. A little bit about Alden. He got his start at Ironsmith Coffee in Encinitas before moving on to set up the coffee program at Wayfarer Bread. He also started his own company, Crossings Coffee Roasters, before getting involved with Cafe La Terre. He's a busy guy. We'll jump into that conversation in just a minute. As for me, I've also been busy growing the Roast West Coast Coffee program. Season 2 of the podcast comes with a lot of new bells and whistles, including new interviews with coffee roasters, farmers, cafe owners, and more, plus 10 new episodes of the Coffee Smarter Education series featuring Chris O'Brien and newcomer Siri Simran Kalsa of Lofty Coffee. Go to roastwestcoast.com to sign up for the newsletter. You'll get the podcast embedded right into emails now, plus bonus content including SoCal Coffee News and Education. Roast West Coast even has its own dedicated social media feeds on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Roast West Coast everywhere. And if you want to do more than just listen, please join the Roast West Coast group on Facebook. There you can talk and celebrate coffee with other coffee lovers and even some of the coffee pros that appear on this show. If all of that sounds like a lot, well, it is. It has been. Thankfully, I have some support this season. Several of my favorite local coffee pros have come aboard as industry legacy partners, including Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Leap Coffee, First Light Coffee Whiskey, Marea Coffee, Moster Coffee, Cape Horn Green Coffee Importers, and even Alden's Cafe La Terre have all come aboard to help the Roast West Coast program bring you great SoCal local coffee content. You'll be hearing a lot more from our industry legacy partners as our seasons go on. As they said in Almost Famous... It's all happening. But for right now, I'm going to grab another cup of coffee. Here is a special bonus episode of the Roast West Coast podcast with special guest Alden Hazuri of Cafe La Terre.
Hey, Alden. Uh, good morning. Thanks for joining me in the moment. I want to set the scene a little bit. Uh, roughly two weeks ago, you saw the end result of what I'm assuming was a long kind of journey of learning and working and COVID, and you opened your new Solana Beach coffee shop, Cafe La Terre. And I'm wondering, how long did it take to get you up and running this year? Ah, well, first of all, good morning back at you. Um, it has been a journey and a half, to say the least. Uh, we did officially get our final uh, inspection cleared about two weeks ago, and we've been kind of just hitting the ground running since. This project began right around October, November is when I was brought on board by this team. To kind of give you like a bigger overlaying picture of, of this business, the cafe is owned by a company called Salon World Suites. They run the building on the coast highway um, and the, the business is similar to a few other business models. I'm sure everyone has seen pop up around San Diego. Basically, they're landlords for independent spa and beauty professionals, everyone from hairstylists to estheticians, massage therapists, and everything in between. Um, and part of their overall brand image was to have a cafe in the front lobby of each of their locations. This is our first location. Uh, we've got a second one coming up in June, July projected um, with plans to open up three more after that. So this project was was kind of fun because um, the space given for the cafe was pretty small, not too small, can definitely make it work, but it was a great way to try to distill all my knowledge from previous cafes and all my years experience in the industry to create a space that was efficient, was capable of something high volume, still looked great, still looked functional, and facilitated serving customers both outside on the street as well as tenants and their clients in the salon itself. And to throw COVID in the mix on top of it, definitely threw um, everything out of whack, you know, trying to be patient and coordinate with, you know, city and vendors and our contractors, electricians, everything is already outside of a pandemic, you know, a, a pain in the ass. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the city being shut down and everyone's just stretched to their limits. It kind of requires flexibility all around and even greater attention to coordination and, and detail just to make sure that everything's moving forward in the same direction. And it, it took a long time. You know, we, like I said, it's, it's March, end of March, and we finally got our, our, uh, our card. But yeah, we're here. You're here. In that moment, that first day that you kind of opened the doors and are waiting for a customer to come in, what was that, that emotion that, uh, you know, through all of this, you had achieved something? <laughs> um, I think because it happened very like suddenly, you know, we, part of what I was just saying a minute ago with uh, flexibility and, and patience, um, you know, we, you know, part of the overall process for those who aren't, you know, uh, aware of like what it takes to open up a shop, you've got, you know, multiple stages of inspections. And the final one is literally the end all be all. The health inspector comes and makes sure that everything is built to code, that everything is working and operational, water runs hot. And then a bunch of other little things just to make sure that you are safe and ready to operate for the masses. And we had, before that, we have what's called a mid-inspection, which is supposed to take place when your building is anywhere from 50 to 80% complete. Well, it had taken us so long to finally get through to the city to book our mid-inspection that they booked our mid-inspection when we were pretty much done with the build-out. And um, we wanted to see if we could, you know, 
you know, conflate and do our mid and final on the same day. Unfortunately, there were just a handful of small details that weren't finished yet. So with Health Spectre was not able to, uh, to grant that for us, but, you know, knocked our mid inspection out and then we immediately turned around and booked our final inspection. And then it's kind of a waiting game again until they finally get back to you and they say, okay, I'm free to come and inspect. <laughs> and so we weren't sure if it was going to take a week or five weeks. And fortunately, you know, we were able to, to pay for an expedited after hour review, they call it. And uh, he just called me up and he was just like, Monday afternoon, I'm free. Does that work for you? And we're like, yeah, okay, great. Let's do it. And uh, he came Monday and, and, you know, knock on wood, we passed. And so we were ready to open up Tuesday. So Tuesday came and you're kind of just sitting in this like, okay, well, we did it. <laughs> you know, there, there's not a lot of fanfare. And so it was exciting for a lot of the tenants inside the salon who had been seeing this build out over months. You know, so they're all excited to come and, you know, support the business and, you know, grab a drink, grab a bite to eat. I think for me, actually, the first time where I felt like a, a swelling of pride and accomplishment was just this past Saturday. You know, one of the features of the cafe is we have a serving window to face the outside street, the 101 and the parking lot. So, you know, communities around us, cyclists, surfers, they can all come up to the window, um, order off their phone or order directly through me. And, you know, a, a handful of cyclists had found their way to the window and discovered we were open. And, you know, we hadn't really been pushing for a lot of that outward exposure yet because there's still a small handful of things we're still trying to finish up, like our menu boards and, you know, getting plants in the cafe, all the aesthetic details, final touches. But, you know, word of mouth spread that morning. And, you know, we had this small little rush of, of cyclists, you know, maybe like 25, 30. And it was fantastic. It was so cool to finally like <laughs> be in the, the thick of a rush um, as short as it was. And I think that was when I finally took a step back afterwards. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this feels good. I, I know that feeling. And there is this long drawn out period of where everything feels like it's moving at a glacial pace and you can only do so much and you're waiting on other people. And then all of a sudden this wave hits you of just movement and all that you're, you've got all these other, you've got customers, you've got people in the salon, you've got all these uh, things happening and, and it can definitely be a, an emotional roller coaster. I think uh, you said something really interesting to me is that you're inside the salon or part of it, but you have your own lockup window. But does that mean because this last year has been so crazy, does that mean you're also beholden to like COVID rules for salons and for cafe hospitality? I mean, there's a lot of overlap there, but there was certainly a time this last year where salons were closed, but like takeout walk away wasn't. And so I'm just wondering if that is true for you guys or how you distinguish that. That is a great question. Yeah, it's really unfortunate for the salon because they opened up about a year ago in January. And so the moment they had opened, you know, within a few weeks or a couple months, like COVID shut them down, you know, and then we kind of popped back into, I think the red tier so they could open up again for like three months. And then we went back into purple tier and they shut down again. So it's like, by the time we came out of our most recent lockdown, the salon had been shut for half of the calendar year, um, which was a real bummer for them. But you know, the, the owners, they are incredible people. And, um, you know, not to make this about the salon entirely, but you know, just a quick plug, they uh, we're giving free rent to all the stylists for that period of time. You know, they're like, if you can't work and make money, why should you have to pay rent kind of a thing? So it was really cool to see them looking out for small businesses like that. And then in hand with that, it worked out really well because we had to be a little more delicate with our construction and our build out because, 
you know, we couldn't have them hammering away at concrete floors and, and drilling and doing all this work when there's people trying to serve their clients. Uh, so with the shutdown, the most recent shutdown, that was when we could take full advantage of like the emptiness of the salon and just go ham and get this build out done as quickly as possible. So, you know, as a food establishment, we were, like you said, beholden to a different set of rules. We could have been operational if we were fully built out and ready to go. But for us, the timing just worked out that we were able to finish up our construction in time. Very cool. Uh, this is the end of the first week or the second week? We just finished up our second week. Your second week. So any surprises from these first two weeks, now that we have, you have a moment here just to reflect on it, anything that you've learned that you just weren't expecting after all this time preparing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the my biggest takeaway was how, how big of a demand for food there would be. You know, most of the cafes I've worked in, you know, there have always been like little bites, you know, protein bars pastries, bagels, you know, toasts with spreads, that kind of a thing. And, you know, before we opened up, I had put up feelers out to all the stylists and even to the community around and just asked them, like, what kind of things do you like to see? What kind of things don't you like to see? And how can we make this a cafe for everyone? Um, and there was a, a really strong response for more food-based items. But being a cafe of only 199 square feet, we barely got everything in just to be an operational cafe. There's no way in the world we could have fit food prep or, you know, an extra refrigerator, freezers, you know, all that fun stuff. So I had been working with a lot of local vendors and cafes uh, to help supply food that we can pick up every morning and have fresh for everyone. And we finally got the first few rounds of those food-based items, you know, like uh, pre-made sandwiches and um they sold out like so fast and it was like, I should have seen it coming, but I was still just like, nah, no, people are you know usually fine with, you know, the croissant and a coffee or, you know, a bagel and a, and a latte. And it's, I think that's going to be my challenge uh, is trying to keep up with. Yeah. Keep people fed. Well, I think there's probably going to be a, uh, you mentioned the Saturday cyclist rush. I mean, if you're riding your bike, 30, 40 miles up and down the coast, you need some sustenance. So it'll be a, you're going to have to deal with kind of the ups and downs of the daily changes too, because the demand during the week might not be the same. Exactly. I, I mean, I just wanted to congratulate you on opening a new spot. I know it's a long journey and it's very difficult. I'm looking forward to getting down there soon. Things have been opening up. I am anxiously, you know, waiting for a couple of jabs in the arm, like a lot of people and that'll open things up for me as well. And uh, how can people find this place in real life? And then how can they find uh, your journey uh, for Cafe La Terre online? All right. So the cafe is located on the 101 in Solana Beach. We are just south of Loma Santa Fe and north of Via de la Valle. Um, if you're familiar with the area, I'm sure you've seen there's a CVS, you know, just like west of the 101, kind of in between those two streets. And we're attached to the CVS. There's a big parking lot, so parking is never an issue. And uh, like I said, there's a walk-up window, so all you got to do is walk up and just wave, and I, I'll see you. As for digitally, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Cafe La Terre. It's Cafe, C-A-F-E, and then L-A-T-E-R-R-E. -R -R -E. um, and our website is CafeLaTerre.com. Easy peasy. Alden, really great to meet you. Thanks for joining me today and uh, looking forward to talking to you again in the future. Oh, thanks so much. It was really great being on here. Looking forward to seeing you too. A big thank you to Alden for coming on today's show, especially so soon 
after opening the new shop. Café La Terre is going to feature Alden's own Crossings Coffee Roasters Coffee, baked goods from Homage Bakehouse, food items from Woodsy Café, tea by Rare Tea Company, locally grown produce and specialty chocolates from local chocolatiers. The list goes on and on. Head over to CaféLaTerre.com to check out the menu and photos of the new space right on the Pacific Coast Highway. Or just give them a follow on Instagram at Café Thank you all for listening to this episode and being excited for the upcoming shows on the Roast West Coast podcast. Starting next week, new episodes will come out twice weekly through mid-June, starting with a great conversation with Kayak Coffee Delivery's Brendan Abrams on Tuesday and a brand new Coffee Smarter with resident coffee expert Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle on Friday. As I mentioned later this season, Siri Simran Kalsa, the executive director and head coffee roaster at Lofty Coffee, will be joining the show as our resident roaster expert. I'm pretty excited to learn more about that side of the coffee business. If you've enjoyed today's show, and I hope you have, please share it with a coffee-loving friend. Just let them know they can search for Roast West Coast on any of the major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Spotify, or just sign up to get it right in their email inbox at roastwestcoast.com. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to give us a rating ideally the five stars one. It really helps other listeners find a new local show like this one. Thank you for helping us spread the word. Tag at Roast West Coast on social media so I can find you too. And please send your coffee questions in so I can ask the roast experts. Or just join in the coffee conversation on the Roast West Coast Facebook group. All of the important links are in this show's notes. Finally, if you find yourself desiring some good coffee, please support your local coffee roasters and coffee shops. Know that while I was writing this show's script, I was also drinking a Zumbar Coffee Hummingbird Roast, which was shipped for free right here to the Roast HQ. Get your own at ZumbarCoffee.com. This episode of the Roast West Coast Podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show finds you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through another day. And as always, be sure to drink good coffee. Hey everyone, this is Cody from San Diego's first and longest running local beer podcast, Beer Night in San Diego. If you love the local beer community, check out Beer Night in San Diego, available everywhere podcasts are found. Each and every week we bring you great local beer discussion, beer education, news, and tons more with a touch of comedy. Check out Beer Night in San Diego to laugh and learn with us.